0: Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, Episode 67, 11 Ways to Use Twitter to Promote Your Blog or Podcast. Hello and Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the podcast where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. This is a how-to podcast about podcasting and using audacity. And in this episode, this is kind of a social media focus because podcasting is social media. That's so much of what sets us apart from big media out there. And the things that I talk about, though, in referring to a blog or a podcast, really, those two terms related to this content are totally interchangeable because your blog needs the same kind of promotion that your podcast does and vice versa. And in fact, all of the content I will be sharing today applies equally to both. So if you're just a blogger and don't have a podcast yet... You still need to hear this because this will help you. This is for bloggers and podcasters alike. I have 11 tips for ways that you can use Twitter because I see a lot of people using Twitter not the best way. And I see some people using Twitter in an absolutely dreadful way and just not taking advantage of this powerful tool. And first of all, you may think that Twitter has no significance and no value to it. Well, there is a lot of value. I probably can't change your mind, but one of the things I can tell you is Twitter is what got me into podcasting originally, because it was through Twitter that I connected with other people in Cincinnati, met Cliff Ravenscraft got to go to lunch with him sometime, was inspired to finally take the step into podcasting and I've met other people and networked with other people. So all of that has come as a result of Twitter and also a lot of the podcasts that I've launched get a lot of publicity through Twitter and that's how people are finding my website because I'm sharing it on a social network. I've built up a following and my followers reshare much of my content and so that brings other people back to my website. Twitter is a very valuable tool for connecting with people, not just for spamming your followers with links to your own site. You have to think about Twitter as a means of connecting with people, building a relationship with people, not just spam. So that's what this list is intended to do, is give you some ways that you can use Twitter to promote your blog or podcast, but ways that aren't going to be spam for you. The first way is refine your Twitter identity. I was challenged to do this several years ago, where pick three words, or you could say three terms, or it could be a combination of words, but three words or terms to describe your brand on Twitter. Write those into your bio, if possible, and then tweet within those themes. So for me, I picked comedy, web design, and my podcast themes. So I have multiple podcasts, so that means I can tweet about multiple themes. Yeah, I stretch it a little there, but this is all part of my branding, and you see how it's still three different things. By comedy, I mean that if I'm going to tweet something, I might try and tweet it in a humorous way. Web design, well, I'm a web designer, a freelance web designer. I like sharing web design kind of things and WordPress stuff and such. And then my podcasts well i have podcasts about comedy christian movie reviews with critical thinking once upon a time tv show and this podcast the audacity to podcast which is about podcasting with a slight social media twist so those are the things that i try to tweet about yes occasionally i break out of that but not too often even if i'm going to tell you what i had for lunch or i'm about to have for lunch i do it in a way that i try to be funny about it in some way So refine your Twitter identity because if you don't know what you're going to tweet about, how are you going to tweet effectively? Number two, decide whether you need a separate Twitter account. Once you've refined your identity, then you might come up with this issue of should you be tweeting about your podcast or should you have a separate account for your podcast? I see a lot of podcasters do this both ways, where maybe one way is they tweet everything from their personal account. The other way is they tweet everything podcast related from that podcast account. I would say it really depends on your content and on the brand that you already have established for yourself. Building a Twitter audience can be really hard and it takes time and it takes work to build a quality audience. Yes, there are things out there, tools that can promise you a thousand followers in seven days or whatever. Those aren't going to be legitimate followers That actually care about your content. A lot of those are going to be spammers, bots, people who aren't reading Twitter anymore, people who just follow back anyone who follows them. You don't want those kinds of followers. If you have them, that's fine. Just don't look at those followers as uh, what makes up your community. So keep in mind that your content may not be as relevant to your followers. If you've built up a really strong following on, we'll say, knitting. If you've built up a really strong following on knitting and then you suddenly decide you're going to start a new blog or podcast about race cars, is your group of followers really going to care about your race car tweets suddenly now that you're tweeting half about knitting and half about race cars? A lot of the followers who follow you for knitting might only see your race car tweets Because of the nature of Twitter, people have to be there right when you tweet it in order to see it, unless they follow very few people or they have you in some list so they don't miss your tweets. But it's a very at-the-moment kind of thing, whoever is present and looking at Twitter at that moment. So you could have a lot of knitters looking at your tweets and they see suddenly you're tweeting about race cars and they don't care about race cars, so they unfollow you. You lose part of your community. You're dividing your community like that. But this would be a good case for maybe starting a separate Twitter account where you can build up that audience of people who are interested in race cars. Now, that doesn't mean you have to tweet everything absolutely separately, but you can cross-promote some. On your side that you've built up first, which is all about knitting, is what you're tweeting about, you could say, hey, if anyone's interested in Podcasts or a blog about race cars, check out my new blog or podcast over here and follow this account. So that way, you're pushing them toward your other site, building up its branding, letting those people know who already follow you about something else you do that they have the option of following instead of just suddenly spamming them all with your race car tweets. Now, including your race car tweets every now and then is still fine. But you wouldn't want the majority of it there. So decide if you need these separate accounts. Maybe you don't need the separate accounts. Maybe you're fine with just one account. Like, I have the Twitter account, The Ramen Noodle, which I really wish I could change that account, but every other name I want is taken. But everything I tweet is primarily from The Ramen Noodle. Even occasionally, I'll tweet things about Once Upon a Time, but here's the way I tweet it about Once Upon a Time is check out my other thing, Once Upon a Time podcast, over here. I have a separate Twitter account, which is Once Podcast. That is our primary Twitter account for Once Upon a Time. The reason we have the division there is because we want the freedom to tweet a lot more about Once Upon a Time, and especially I want the freedom to give the team members of our Once Podcast, over at oncepodcast.com, The ability to tweet from that account and tweet other things about Once Upon a Time. So I'm not going to give them my account and tell them, go ahead, tweet about Once Upon a Time stuff from my account. But instead, I give them access to the other account so they can tweet relevant content to that account. And that account, I'm building the branding of that account around Once Upon a Time. And it is a very focused niche audience over there. And that is very valuable. So I know the people following Once Podcast on Twitter are interested in Once Upon a Time. The people who follow The Ramen Noodle on Twitter, my personal account, they, some of them, yeah, interested in Once Upon a Time, some of them not. So look at yourself and see which way you need to go. I highly recommend don't tweet the exact same thing from both accounts at the same time. Because if someone is following your separate niche account, they might also be following your regular account. And it will get very annoying if they always see the same two tweets from both accounts. They'll want to unfollow one of them or just ignore you completely because uh, you're spamming them basically by tweeting the same thing twice to two accounts that they follow. I really don't recommend the same time kind of cross-posting or tweeting like that. However, you could tweet about the same time, either write it differently or stagger your timing. so maybe you tweet from your account at nine o'clock and you tweet from your podcasts or blog account at ten o'clock completely different audiences between those hours, probably, even if it 's the same audience, they might not have seen it at nine o'clock then they say it at ten o'clock through your different account so Decide whether you need a separate account or if you're going to do it all through your one account. Number three, don't make anything totally automatic. Automatic tweeting is, number one, impersonal because it's not targeted toward your regular audience on Twitter. Number two, it's inefficient because automatic tweets can easily go out at the wrong time or to the wrong audience, the wrong keywords. It's not including hashtags or whatever it might be. It might not even be very compelling kind of text, and I'll talk more about that in a moment. And number three, automatic tweeting is, well, irrelevant. If you say something like, new post on my blog, that doesn't really matter to your audience so much. But if you write a customized tweet tailored to your audience, it will be a lot more enticing for them to click through and read it And maybe even retweet it. So if you have anything like, what's that site? It's uh, Twitterfeed.com. If you have anything like that, I recommend you turn it off. However, I do have other suggestions for it, but just the cross posting and the RSS feeds and publishing to Twitter and all of that, the automatic, totally automatic stuff, I really don't think that's a good idea. And it's not, It's not optimized. Like, for example, my Once Upon a Time podcast, we just moved the schedule for that, which, by the way, our Ramen Noodle and Once Podcast schedule is switching to Wednesday nights. So don't expect that tonight, Monday night or Thursday night. But when this last time that we recorded Once Podcast, I was up until three in the morning getting the show notes together and publishing that episode as quickly as I could. If I had twitter feed going and it grabbed my feed and tweeted that it would tweet at 3 a.m in the morning how much of my audience is awake and watching twitter at 3 a.m in the morning not very much see it's just not effective it's it's irrelevant maybe even but number four schedule or buffer tweets about your content Automatic can also be good. It's mindless automatic for everything and totally automatic that's bad. But some automatic stuff can be good when it's not totally automatic. The best times to tweet are usually in the afternoon or evening. So you could use something like a Twitter client like TweetDeck or Hootsuite or other programs that will let you tweet out at a certain time. So you can write your tweet and then you tell it, schedule this For later today at such and such time. So, whenever you post new content, you could write a few tweets about it and then schedule those tweets to post once a day in the afternoon or whatever the optimal time is for you. Then, schedule those tweets to be every day of the week and maybe even future tweets. So, you could say a month from now, I want this retweeted a couple days, or just this week, I'm going to have this tweeted once a day every day at two o'clock in the afternoon and then at three o'clock and then four o'clock but stagger that like not all in one day you would do that this way it's appealing to more audiences and the people who tweet the most like the big social media people like guy kowalski who does AllTop.com, he said that when he tweets something three times separating it by eight hours each tweet he sees the second and third tweet are clicked on sometimes more than the first tweet the actual numbers are i think it was 60 percent of his audience goes clicks on his tweets from the second or third tweet and it's not just an issue of timing it's an issue of well partially that you're getting it in front of more people but also that people see it again and they might be at a position where they decide yeah i want to click on that right now Instead of others who see it, they think, oh, I'll click on that later. Then it gets pushed down the timeline. They never visit it. So repeating your tweets is a good idea, but don't do it too closely and don't spam people with it. But you could schedule these things with TweetDeck or Hootsuite. Those are some free options there and there are several others too. But another way to do this that I really like, and this is great if you have a lot of content that you want to share and you don't really want to think about scheduling things on certain days you just want to share content that you found or that you think is relevant and you don't want to have to figure out is anything else scheduled at this time it it can take too much thought sometimes to do that depending on your system there's a great web app it's free and they have paid options too it's called buffer you can visit it through my referral link which means that i get an extra little slot in my account but you can go to noodle.mx slash buffer and it is an app that connects to your Twitter account and your Facebook account and you can do both or just an individual one. The way it works is you'll have a, a, a group of time slots in a queue or a buffer so that when you send a tweet to buffer it will put that tweet in the next time slot and send it out then. For example, you could say your time slots are 1 a.m. Or not a.m. You could say it's 1 p.m., 2 p.m., 3 p.m., 4 p.m., 5 p.m. You send your first tweet into Buffer and it will send it at 1 p.m. Put your next tweet in, it sends it at 2 p.m. Put your next tweet in, 3 p.m. And so on like that. And it just keeps filling your Buffer. If you only set a couple time slots in a day, what it will do then is it just starts filling the next day. It's a wonderful way, especially if you have your reading time where you go through your RSS feeds and you find all of this stuff that you want to share. Then you can just add it to your buffer and instead of people who follow you on Twitter getting five links in a row, they'll see five different links throughout the day and you won't be spamming them. You'll be appealing to your audience and sharing the content that you want to share. I love Buffer for this. So check it out at noodle.mx slash buffer is my referral link. I don't get paid for that, but I do benefit by an extra little time slot there. It's a great app. I use it a lot. And there are even other ways to use Buffer besides just reading stuff, content that you see that you want to share. You can also use this other service, another third-party service that is called If This Then That, or it's at the website ifttt.com, which stands for If This Then That. It's a basic formula or recipe site that can allow you to do many different things with many different services, but here's an example of something that you can do with it is that you could set up Buffer. To automatically grab your latest post from an RSS feed and put it in your buffer so that if, even if you post at 3 a.m. in the morning, buffer will see that will add it to its buffer or the queue and will tweet that out at 1 p.m. or 2 p.m. or whatever the next available time slot is for you you can even then go back into buffer and see what's scheduled see if you want to rewrite anything rearrange things on the schedule it's really handy and the way i do it is i have my buffers set for every half hour at 27 minutes so it's at for example 127 157 227 257 and so on like that so i know if ever i want to just send a tweet right now i look at the clock real quick and i see how close am i to 27 or 57 am i going to tweet right next to another tweet that i have in my buffer that's if i know that i have things in my buffer which i'm usually conscious of that and there are awesome things that you can do in this in the chat room right now and by the way i do this live every monday at 2 p.m eastern time on noodle.mx live Matt in the chat room is asking, can Buffer integrate with Google Reader? Yes, it can. There is a great setup that I also use over with if this, then that, so that if I tag anything in Google Reader, or I actually use Feedly, but Feedly synchronizes with Google Reader. So if I tag anything in Feedly or Google Reader with the word Buffer, it gets pulled by if this, then that and added to my Buffer account. So then it's sent out. I don't have to think about it. It's, it's so easy. I absolutely love it. Check it out at noodle.mx slash buffer. And this can work for your site. So that way you can share your content, either buffering it with noodle.mx slash buffer or by scheduling it in TweetDeck or Hootsuite or CoTweet or whatever Twitter app you want. That way you can share this content without spamming your followers and you can consider the perfect timing for this stuff. If you want to figure out the the best timing for some of these things, then I highly recommend the website socialbro.com is they have paid and free plans, but you can see some basic information about when is it that you're most retweeted and you can get a general idea of that's probably the best time to tweet. Generally, it's afternoon to evening, uh, Eastern time typically, but it really depends on your audience. So you can check that out, socialbro.com. I don't have an affiliate link or anything for that, but of course, every link I mention will be in the show notes today over at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 67. So let's go through this again before we move on. 11 ways to use Twitter to promote your blog or podcast. Number one, refine your Twitter identity. This is your branding. Number two, decide whether you need a separate Twitter account. Number three, don't make anything totally automatic. Number four, schedule or buffer tweets about your content. And number five, search for your audience. This is where, especially if you're starting a separate Twitter account, for your niche content this is where you can build your following and find your audience because the idea of if you build it they will come does not really apply on the web unless you are totally amazing and people already know about you yes then if you build it they'll probably come but still you have to go out there and find people to get your content and now you have to be very careful with this, that you are not spamming people. And I would hope that you would know whether you're spamming people with this and consider how much are they seeing. But you can use Twitter search or even some automatic searches in a Twitter client like TweetDeck or Hootsuite to find people who will like your content. I wrote a long blog post about this over at NewMediaCincinnati.com, which is a local social media group that I'm a part of. And I'll have a link to this in the show notes over at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 67 under point number five, telling you how you can use Twitter search to find your audience and connect with them. Just to give you some basics are using things called Boolean operators. And this would be where you type in all caps and or not. You can also use quotation marks. So what I do on Twitter is I'm constantly searching for when people tweet about audacity and podcasting. So you can probably guess what I did. I have a column in TweetDeck that is set up to search for the word audacity, then in all caps I say AND the word audacity and uh, podcasting. So that will then find any time someone's tweets contain both of those words. Maybe I want to search for a specific phrase. For example, if I want to search for once upon a time TV show, if I just enter that into Twitter search or a TweetDeck or Hootsuite automatic search, then what I get back would be anywhere in a tweet that that all of those words up here would be fine. So if someone said, hey, I saw a TV show that reminded me of once upon a time in Mexico that's going to show up. Then you see that that's not relevant to you and if you try and market to that person it's not going to be relevant to them if you're doing a podcast about Once Upon a Time which I am. So instead put that search in quotation marks and it will look for the exact phrase. You might be familiar with doing this on Google where if you type into a Google search with quotation marks it looks for that exact phrase. The same thing works on Twitter search and the automatic searches in different Twitter clients. So you can even then filter it down by adding other things, like you could say, or, but it's, it doesn't work extremely complicated. Like I can't say this and that, or that and that. I can't do that quite. It, it doesn't work out quite like that unfortunately and some things can make it run down very slowly oddly or not turn in results that i would have thought it would have turned in so keep your searches a little bit simpler don't try and make a whole string and formula of stuff but it can do a great job for you for finding people who are tweeting about the stuff that you like maybe your niche audience is the kind that uses hashtags or there's a an official hashtag for your kind of theme then obviously search for that hashtag so now that you find people you've found an audience don't automate this process or spam people don't set up something that anytime anyone tweets with a certain word to send them a message and say hey check out my podcast about this no don't do that reach out to them in a friendly way create a connection and then tell them about your content that they may like When I see people on Twitter that need help with audacity, and like I said, I'm following, I see anytime people say certain things about audacity, I'll reach out to them and I'll try and help them with their problem first. Sometimes helping them with their problem is pointing them back to a specific post or episode on my website. I helped someone with that just today. They were saying that uh, they were having some problem with audacity and it turned out that They were trying to drag in MPEG 4 audio files into Audacity and it wasn't working. So I pointed them directly to my podcast where I talked about how you could do that with Audacity. It's simple by installing the FFMPEG plugin. So I told them in my tweet, I said, get the FFMPEG plugin or follow my directions here on how to do this. So I linked them directly to my content that was relevant to them. I tried to help them with a problem. Now, in other cases where I'm not directly linking as the answer, then after I solve the problem with them or help them figure something out, then I point them back to my content as a kind of thank you and by the way sort of thing. So if someone has a problem with Audacity and they say, oh, I just can't get Audacity to work with Windows 7. This software is stupid. I see that a lot, by the way. I'll reach out to them and I'll ask them, what version of Audacity are you using? And you know what they usually say? They're usually using 1.2. The people who are complaining about Audacity crashing on them are usually using 1.2. And you should know, as listeners to the Audacity to podcast, that I recommend using Audacity 1.3.14 or whatever the latest beta is at the time that you're listening to this. So I'll reach out to those people. I say, when they say tell me what version they're using. Then I'll say, oh, you should be using this version because this is the version that they've designed to be compatible with Windows 7. They say, oh, wow, thanks. Yeah, that is working much better. So then I say, that's great. I'm happy that it's working for you. So then I add to it, by the way, I also have a podcast about podcasting and using Audacity. You may learn some more stuff from it there and I'll link them to it. And of course, it depends on how much space I have in a tweet and what I can say. But I'm reaching out to them, building a connection, not just spamming them saying, you use Audacity? Check out my site. You use this? Check this out. Buy this thing from me. No, don't do that. Search for your audience. Make a connection with them. And that's a way that you can use Twitter to promote your blog or podcast. So going back, number one, refine your Twitter identity. Number two, decide whether you need a separate Twitter account. Number three, don't make anything totally automatic. Number four, schedule or buffer tweets about your content. Number five, search for your audience. And number six, add tweet buttons to your site. This is really important and it's really easy to do. And it's, it's great for your visitors too. When you add these social sharing buttons to your website, it makes it easy for people to share your content on social networks. That's kind of like, duh. But that's what it does, and it's great that people, if they see something that they like, well, they could click the Facebook Like button, or since we're talking about Twitter, they could click the Tweet button, and it will tweet your page to them. There are many different ways to do this. You can use official Twitter buttons, or you can use other services that add a whole bunch of buttons to your site. I'm currently using the ShareBar WordPress plugin, But I may change that soon or I may even create my own plugin to do this on my site. But I do like that Sharebot lets me use any code I want for a button so I can update the code myself. I don't have to wait for them to update the plugin, but it has a couple little issues with it. What these things also do is they'll pull from the title tag of your website. This is a search engine optimization kind of field. So if you have the all-in-one SEO plugin or a, a theme that has search engine optimization built in, you might notice a separate thing where it says your title. That's separate from your blog post title. You could write something else in there. And I've talked about this before, that that's what Google will show. If you search for your content on Google and you show up in the list, it shows that title, the SEO title. If you don't enter anything there, it defaults to whatever your post title is. When you write that SEO title, write it in a compelling way that people who look for your site will be interested in posting it. But because most of these social plugins, especially Twitter, also pull from that title, make sure the title is something that is compelling enough on Twitter. Like when I have all of my podcasts about the Audacity podcast, you know that I use the abbreviation TAP067 colon space. Well, I don't put that in my SEO title. And the benefit there is also then that the tweet button pulls from the regular page title, which is a separate HTML tag, but it pulls from that SEO title. So it will tweet the actual title of my episode and not include that TAP067 colon space part. So it's saving space and it's making it more relevant. And I can write something that's a bit more compelling in there too. And this can be completely separate from what people see on the website. And it's great. There's also another plugin which is really good. If you don't have the newest version of Twitter, which lets you embed tweets on a web page, like you could just go to twitter.com, look at a tweet, and get the embed code from it. There's another plugin for WordPress that does this for you. It's called Twitter Blackbird Pie, and it lets you embed a tweet onto your webpage. You just copy the link to that specific tweet, and it tells you how to do that, paste that into this, and then it embeds your tweet on your webpage. This is something new that I've started doing. I've seen this done a little bit before, but didn't really give it much thought until I heard my friend Cliff Ravenscraft talking about this in relation to the new Twitter, because he saw this and realized there was a a cool way that he could do this. Here's the way that he's doing it, and I've started doing it too, but I don't have the new Twitter yet, so I'm using Twitter Blackbird Pie. So if you don't have the new Twitter yet, you can do this exact same thing. I publish my blog post, that could also be a podcast post, Then I tweet about it, and I tweet it in some way that is something that others would want to retweet, and it's compelling, it's descriptive, it's accurate, and it links back to the site. So I tweet with that. Then I quickly, and this is all within a minute of publishing the post, I grab the URL, the address to just that tweet. I paste that back into my post using Twitter Blackbird Pi, and then this will embed that tweet on the page so at the bottom of the page I could say share this post or share this podcast episode with others and people can right there retweet exactly what I wrote. So instead of just tweeting whatever the title is it can be some kind of tweet that I have customized to the content. Maybe I want people to instead of just tweeting for for this episode for example instead of tweeting 11 ways to use Twitter to promote your blog or podcast, I could customize my own tweet to say, find out how you can use Twitter to grow your audience for your blog or podcast. That could mean my text and then a link back. So I embed that tweet into the site and then people have the option of retweeting that or they can reply to it too. So it's a great way of furthering that content. And if clout matters to you, This is also a good way of increasing your clout score as you get more people retweeting what you already said. So that's the Twitter Blackbird Pie extension or plugin for WordPress. So add these tweet buttons to your site and it's great even to have one that is your overall site so people can tweet about your whole site. Like if you go to any of my podcast websites and look at the header, in the top right part of the header, you'll see a like button, a tweet button, and a Google Plus One button. Those are coded so that they are looking at a specific URL, which is just the the domain. So that button, no matter what page you're on, that top button in the upper right corner is looking at podcast.com. So if someone clicks that button, I've customized the tweet to make it say, it says something like, hey, check out this uh, how-to podcast about podcasting and using Audacity. And then it says via at the Ramen Noodle and it has the link. So that's something I've customized, and it tweets the whole website. That's also a great way to use Twitter on your site. And I see people use that because maybe there's not just a specific piece of content they want to share. They want to share the whole site. So instead of forcing them to have to copy the URL and paste it and make their own tweet like that, they can just click that tweet button and it tweets what I want them to say about my website. And they can change it. Of course, they have that option to change it. But most of them don't. They leave it to be exactly what I chose to say. So that's awesome. So number one, refine your Twitter identity. Number two, decide whether you need a separate Twitter account. Number three, don't make anything totally automatic. Number four, schedule or buffer tweets about your content. Number five, search for your audience. Number six, add tweet buttons to your site. And number seven, be retweetable. This goes along, a lot of these are building on previous ones, as you can tell. Make it easy for your followers to retweet you to their followers. In fact, this is so much ingrained in my mind that almost every single tweet I write, I'm thinking about some of these rules. The first rule, this is the obvious one. Keep your tweets to fewer than 120 characters, or it's about 120 characters. Here's where I came up with that number tweets are limited to 140 characters in length please don't use twit longer or any service like that then subtract from that the length of your username or just write this out you know when people press the traditional retweet button and they get rt space at and then your twitter id colon space and then your tweet figure out how many characters is that if you were to retweet yourself. How many characters? Great way to do this is open up your favorite Twitter client that tells you how many characters you have left and type that in. Type in RT space at your Twitter ID colon space. Then it tells you a number. That's your maximum number of characters any other tweets can be if you want to be easily retweetable. Yes, there are other ways of retweeting people because there's the official retweet method, which I really don't like. But a lot of other people don't like it either, so if you write a one hundred and forty character tweet, then people using the traditional or old fashioned retweet method won't be able to retweet you they 'll have to edit you down to something shorter. Now, even think on top of this, do you want to give people the ability to comment on your tweet? So then consider how much space are you leaving for them to comment i've seen oh so many companies tweet about a contest and they'll say retweet this message to be entered for a contest and their tweet is too long to be retweeted by the the traditional retweet method i have to use either the the new official retweet which i don't like or i have to edit their tweet which i also don't like and it it traps me in there so make sure there's space for people to add their comment if if that's important to you especially if you're asking a question or you want to give them a chance to say, wow, this is the most amazing podcast episode ever! Then make sure there's enough space for that and it will appear on Dig. Or Reddit, I guess that's the new Dig. The second point under this, after keep your tweets to fewer than about 120 characters, write your tweets to be less about me. For example you could change uh, you might have a, a post that you're planning on sending out and you say i just posted the newest episode of my podcast well does someone really want to retweet that because they're not the ones that posted the newest episode it's not their podcast it it doesn't sound as retweetable it's like oh okay good for you you posted a new episode Instead, make it something that you could imagine someone else saying. So taking that same example, we could instead say, check out the latest episode of The Awesome Podcast. Or you could make something more informative, like the newest episode of such and such is out and it talks about this. Or, or whatever. Think about what would other people tweet about your content. And then you write that as a tweet and it'll makes it makes it easier for other people and more interesting for other people to tweet that same thing third thing under this tweet when your audience is looking at twitter like i've said already this is usually afternoon to evening but it can be very different if you have an international audience or whatever if for example let's say you are in the east coast And you like to talk about Hollywood a lot. Well, Hollywood is on the West Coast. So if you tweet at 9 a.m. in the morning, it's very likely that the people on the West Coast aren't going to see as many of your tweets or not as many people will because it's 6 a.m. in the morning over there. Or the other side of this, what if you're tweeting in the United States and you're tweeting about Europe? then people in Europe might not see your tweets at all because they're sleeping when you're tweeting. So this could be where you schedule things or just get to know where your audience is. Again, use a tool like socialbro.com to help determine when your audience is most likely to tweet your content. Also, there are other things like ways that you can visualize where your Twitter audience is, give you an idea of what time zone they're in. And then the fourth thing under this Write stuff that your tw- that your Twitter followers would want to say too. So, if you are being way over uh, praising of your own content, your Twitter followers might not want to tweet that. Or if if you are tweeting with foul language about your content, even if your content contains foul language, if you're tweeting with foul language. They might not be interested in tweeting about that. Here's a thing with myself, uh, what I personally do on Twitter. I will not retweet anything that has foul language in it, the The actual tweet. However, if the content has foul language, depending on the level and the amount of foul language, what kind of th- stuff it is, but I'm a little more lenient on what the content might have. So if it's a blog post that's really informative And it has a couple swear words in it, some profanity, some mild profanity. I'll go ahead and tweet. I might add to it saying mild language in this or mild profanities. But if the person who wrote the article has profanity in their tweet or in the title of the article, I will not retweet them or tweet about that article. So think about what your audience would want to say. This goes back to writing your tweets less about you and more neutral kind of thing. So what would your audience want to tweet? What would they say too? Think about if your audience was talking about your content, what would they say about your content? That's what you should tweet. So be retweetable. Number eight, write compelling titles and tweets. There's absolutely nothing compelling about a tweet that just says, episode 13 is online. Great. That's good for you. Now, sometimes even just saying episode 13 and then including the title in it might not be great either unless you write a really good title to it. You want to write a title that sparks curiosity and it sounds interesting in some way. It's descriptive of your content and it's compelling to people. Something that makes them want to to click on it and want to learn about what you're saying. Follow someone like Guy Kowalski on Twitter and you'll see that so much of the stuff he tweets is really interesting and compelling stuff. Even It might be something you've never cared about in your entire life and you see the tweet and you suddenly think, huh, yeah, you, you know, that is interesting. I want to check that out. Write those kinds of tweets. Now that takes a lot of practice, but let me give you an example of a failure I did One of my early episodes of the Audacity podcast, before I really had my branding figured out, I was still experimenting and still building very much. The name of the episode, episode five, was my secret audacity recipe for great audio. How many people are going to search for something like that in Google? Where's a secret audacity recipe for great audio? No, it doesn't people might not search for that. They may search for great audio in Audacity, but really, no, probably not. It's not a very good title. I did a terrible job at writing that title. That's, by the way, over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash five. Do you remember what that episode is about? That's when I talked about how to use Chris's dynamic compressor to make your audio sound great and even out your highs and lows and all of that. So, I should have titled it exactly that I could have written how to use Chris's dynamic compressor to make your audio sound great or I could have said something like how to use an audio compressor plugin to fix your volume problems that is much more practical it's much more compelling to people than my secret audacity recipe for great audio see I broke so many rules when I wrote that title I really don't like that title and there are certain words I may add or I may not add. Like I might include the word audacity in there or I might not include the word audacity in there. It depends on how I want this to show up or not. And since I write, since I host a podcast, I also try and write show notes that can be read, not quite like a blog post on themselves, but you can get the general gist, gist, uh, not just. The general gist of the content from the show notes so that way if you've forgotten the episode or you want to be reminded of things i've talked about this before about writing effective show notes so i write that in there so that people could get the main content from there and they also see the podcast on there but i could also say things like listen to this podcast about how to do this or listen to this podcast about whatever or Listen to the latest clean comedy podcast. That's the thing. Like when you see me tweet about the ramen noodle, I usually say clean comedy podcast instead of saying the ramen noodle because that doesn't mean anything to a lot of people out there, to most people out there. But clean comedy podcast, that communicates what it is instead of just saying the ramen noodle and they have no idea. So that kind of goes to branding. So write compelling titles and tweets. Number nine, tweet your content not just your title. You might have a really compelling title and that's great, but don't tweet only your title. Think about other content that you can use besides your title. Maybe you pull a quotation from your content or subpoints from your content that you could tweet. Let's take an example here. Let's say that you have a podcast episode or a blog post about 10 ways to be awesome. You could tweet, which by the way, that could be a cool post. And if you do something like that, let me know and I'll check it out. But you could tweet saying, "Are you awesome? Here are 10 ways to find out" and include a link. Or you could say, "Pull one of the list one of the items from your list of 10 ways to be awesome." And you could say, "Wearing cool t-shirts makes you awesome. Here are 9 other ways." And that's that's interesting too and people might be inclined to tweet that. Or you could pose it in the form of a question that's also related to something from your content. You could say, did you know that awesome people get better food? Have a link. Or you could say something like, find out more or learn how. And you have a link to your post. Or you could say, use some advice from your list and say, don't tuck in your t-shirt if you want to be awesome. Learn more at and then your link. Things like that are much more compelling, much more informative of your content, and in many ways gives a sample of your content. It's like those toys that let you feel the texture from the outside or free samples at the store where you get a taste of something and then in- entices you to buy it. It gives you an idea of what it's like. So you're like, oh, that's, that's really good. I think I'll get some of that. So someone, when they see a tweet like this, they think, oh, wearing cool t-shirts makes me awesome? I want to be awesome. How else can I be awesome? Now, this is not necessarily a real list of ways to be awesome, by the way. And I can't guarantee that awesome people get better food. But This could be things that you use. So tweet your content, not just your title, but you could also tweet your title. Write compelling titles, though. Looking at this list again. Number one, refine your Twitter identity. Number two, decide whether you need a separate Twitter account. Number three, don't make anything totally automatic. Number four, schedule or buffer your tweets about your content. Number five, search for your audience. Number six, add tweet buttons to your site. Number seven, be retweetable. Number eight, write compelling titles and tweets. Number nine, tweet your content, not just your title. Number 10, track your success. All of these new things can be great to try but how do you really know if they're working? This part gets a little bit more technical because I really recommend that you use Google Analytics or some kind of way that gives you some website stats and I recommend Google Analytics. I really like them. I like the information they do and I'm very familiar with them. So if you use Google Analytics you could add some code to the end of any URL, any web address on your website, you add some extra code to that and it tracks it in a special way on Google. Now this code I do have in the show notes over at com slash 67 but the code would be something like this and you've probably seen this before too. Question mark UTM underscore source equals your source ampersand UTM underscore medium equals medium and or ampersand UTM underscore content equals content UTM underscore campaign equals campaign you might see more or less than that on your thing but the main three things are source medium and campaign those are the three required things and I'll mention ways that you can make these links in a bit but the the source is where your visitors came from if you tweet something, so you have your blog post, and it might be like myawesomepodcast.com dot com slash podcast slash um, awesome twenty nine dash my episode title here slash. So you have all of that. Then you add to that this string from Google Analytics. So just attach that to the end, and then you could shorten that whole URL. So you don't have to worry about this taking up extra URL space in a tweet because you're using most likely using a url shortener anyway so you add this stuff and here's what you could do if you are tweeting this then your source could be you could either say twitter so you know that anyone who clicks this link has come from twitter or you could be a bit more specific like saying which twitter account it is you could type in if i was tweeting from my account i might type in the ramen noodle underscore twitter and by the way keep in mind you can do capitalization in this dashes and underscores but don't do any other special characters and no other spaces in your url here that you're adding the medium is what kind of link it is this is pretty obvious what you could put here if it's a tweet you could put tweet if it's a banner you could put banner if it's scanning a qr code you could put qr underscore code You don't have to be creative here. This is just something that you'll understand what it is. And that field too, source and medium and campaign, are required. Then there's content. Content is an optional field. But this is great if you want to compare the results from different tweets. So if you tweet one way at a certain time of a day and then you tweet another way the next day, And you want to compare which one was more successful then this is where you could add this as another tag is your content so if we're tweeting about 10 ways to be awesome one content tag could be 10 underscore ways underscore 2 underscore b underscore awesome and then the other one we tweet is r underscore u underscore awesome so we can then later compare How did each of these different ones compare in this? This is considered A-B testing, where you tweet the same thing or your your goal is the same thing. You just get about it two different ways. You can compare A to B or A, B, C, D, E, F, G, however many ones you have. You can compare them with each other in Google Analytics. By the way, I'll have a whole separate episode someday about Google Analytics for podcasters and bloggers. Then the last tweet is also really important. It's uh, the last tag campaign this is another required tag this is what you would call this particular marketing campaign or consider it what it is that people or how it is that people are coming to your site this and all of these things applies to a person when they visit your site no matter what page they go to after visiting your primary page so you could see for example that everyone who came from Twitter, that's your source, or maybe it's from your Twitter account as your source, everyone who came from Twitter clicked on your about page. But people who came from Facebook didn't click your about page. That's that's an example of something that you could compare the difference in these things and how it applies when they're on your site the whole time they're on your site. But the campaign could be what is your... Um, how you want this whole attempt to get people to visit your website or your campaign, how you want that recognized. This could be something like your episode abbreviation, or if you have a movie podcast and you have a particular episode about a movie or a series of blog posts, you could use the same campaign name for all of them. So if you're doing a series about Lord of the Rings, you could have Lord of the Rings with underscores, of course, instead of spaces, you can have that as your campaign tag every time that you blog or podcast about Lord of the Rings. So that's what are bringing people, that's the thing that's bringing people into your website is Lord of the Rings. And you can track all of this stuff in Google Analytics if you go over to the traffic sources section and it breaks it down from there and there are videos and help files and all of that to help you there. So this way, adding this extra line to any url that links to your site helps you to learn the success of these things in addition to this there's another way to do this if you use many of these url shorteners like bitly or jump or owly or any of these things they often have built-in analytics that you can get to like bitly links or j.mp links just add a plus sign to the end of it and you can see how many people click on that You can't see where they go from there. This is just telling you how many people click on it. Same thing with Owly links from Hootsuite and other links like that. There are two basic ways that you could add this line to your URLs that make it easier for you because you're probably thinking, man, how am I going to do this every time? This is just going to be a pain. Here are two ways that you can do it. One way is Google has a URL builder. That gives you different fields it tells you what's the url you're linking to and it asks you what do you want the the source to be the medium to be the campaign to be and it gives you a couple other options too and you can read more about each of those options that's one way you can do it to fill in a form like that or another way that you could do it and this gets too complicated to explain how to set it up or you could do a basic copy and paste in this is use text expansion like there's Text Expander for OS 10 or Phrase Express for Windows. I have affiliate links for both of these. Text Expander, go to noodle.mx slash text expander. I have a link in the show notes. This right now is on sale for $17. That's half price. Actually, under half price. I paid 30 something dollars for it. It's now $17. Definitely worth it. Yes, you can run it for free, but it gets annoying the way it bugs you telling you buy me, buy me, buy me. It's $17 through February for 13th, so a week from today. Do check it out. It's awesome. I totally love Text Expander. I've been using it for years and in many different ways. I use it for oh so many advanced things. It's one of my favorite pieces of software on my computer. If you don't have OS 10 on a Mac, then check out Phrase Express for Windows. There's a personal edition that's free or you can pay for one of their more professional editions and be all legal if you're using it for business uses. I have a link to that at noodle.mx/phraseexpress. Or the links to all of these things will be in the show notes at clean no at slash 67 And number 11 way to use Twitter to promote your blog or podcast, be human and relationship-focused. When you're tweeting and interacting with people, following people, replying to people, act like a human. Don't act like a spamming robot. Focus on building relationships with people first, and then you can link them back to your content. Don't just spam them with links to your stuff. When I'm watching Twitter, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm looking for ways to help people with audacity and podcasting problems maybe that's how you've come to hear this podcast is because i found you on twitter and helped you with audacity problems and there have been a couple times that someone accused me of being a spammer it's happened like twice i think i really don't know how they could have because there there were even typos that a spam bot would not have made like i misspelled their name one time spam bots don't get that they don't misspell names and some other things that, they, the way I tried to help them with their problem, I guess they just assumed, here's someone that I've never heard of before, There must be a spammer. Th- they jumped to a conclusion, but I was still just trying to help them with their problem. But be a human when you're out there. Think about things from a human perspective, and more importantly, think about things from your audience's perspective. What works best for them what do they want to see on Twitter? What do they want to tweet about? Don't just think about you, 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 or me, me, me. What works best for me? What do I want to say? What do I think is most important? Think about it from your listener's perspective and be focused on relationships. Don't just focus on bumping that feed burner subscription number up by one every day. But focus on turning people into raving fans who are passionate about your content and love what you have to share yeah it comes at a higher price than just mindless subscribers and spamming people and getting them to subscribe to your blog or podcast without helping them but the value of a raving fan is far greater than just an extra notch in your rss build So, the 11 ways to use Twitter to promote your blog or podcast are number one, refine your Twitter identity. Number two, decide whether you need a separate Twitter account. Number three, don't make anything totally automatic. Number four, schedule or buffer tweets about your content. Number five, search for your audience. Number six, add tweet buttons to your site. Number seven, be retweetable. Number eight, write compelling titles and tweets. Number nine, tweet your content, not just your title. Number 10, track your success. And number 11, be human and relationship-focused. So that's my list of ways that you can use Twitter to promote your blog or podcast. What are some other ways that you're using Twitter to help yourself? Or what do you think about these ways? Please leave a comment on the show notes over at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 67. I'd be happy to discuss these things with you over there or if you have questions that you want answered in the podcast or feedback you want shared in the podcast, you can call 903-231-2221 or email feedback at theaudacitytopodcast.com. Or you can also now go to theaudacitytopodcast.com. And over on the right side, there's a little widget, a tab sticking out that says send a voice message. It's a service I'm trying And you can check out a blog post I have about it over at theaudacitytopodcast.com and see what you think about it too. Next episode, I will be sharing with you what you need to get right the first time when you start podcasting. I would love to hear from you what kind of mistakes did you make that you can't fix today? What are the things you wish you got right the first time that you're still suffering from the consequences today? This will be a really important episode for people starting out their podcast so they can do it right and not have to worry about trying to fix it later when they can't, and it's impossible to fix. So please email feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com or call in to 903-231-2221. And if you want to talk about this content, go to the show notes over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 67 i hope that this has helped you out a great deal by the way my live fire issue is partially figured out but i'm still switching away from live fire and rethinking several other things about commenting systems maybe going back to intense debate because it's it meets certain criteria that i have please check out the other podcasts over at noodle.mx and keep in mind that our live show schedule for the other podcasts are changing the Ramen Noodle Clean Comedy Podcast is now Wednesday nights at 6. And Once podcast, about once upon a time, is Wednesday nights at 8.30. The Audacity to Podcast remains live at 2 p.m. Eastern Time over at noodle.mx slash live. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. Please follow me on Twitter at @theramennoodle and to subscribe to the site if you aren't already over at AudacityTopodcast.com. Thanks for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts like this one and others over at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network, where there are a whole bunch of podcasts about tech and they are all family-friendly podcasts too, which I think is really great and really important. So check that out over at techpodcasts.com.